Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every morning, Darren Armstrong talks big brother looking at the stuff from yesterday. All the drama, all the strategy and silliness from Theo to HOH. Every single season, you know he is the reason. You know what's happening. Rob said that he could do it. Tomorrow he will do it again. Hello, everyone, and good morning. Welcome to our live feed update for August 15th. I'm your host, Aaron Armstrong, and with me today is Liana. How are you doing, Liana? I'm good. Despite feeds being down for a good chunk of the day due to the safety suite competition, a lot still happened in the house. And we will get into all of it. (laughs) Yeah. uh, You know, sometimes when the feeds go down for a long portion of time in the day, I'm like, all right. Yeah. A little bit of a break. Mm, Not the case today. Mm-mm. No, no, no. Uh, it was so much uh, jam packed in the times that the feeds were back up uh, because of everything that happened with the safety suite competition and we had noms. So buckle in. <laughs> buckle in. We are here to update you on everything that happened yesterday on the Big Brother 22 live feeds. It was day 10 in the house and a lot going on. Uh, we started the day with David. Um, he was talking to the cameras. He was talking to Kevin. He was talking to a few different people. He kind of got the sense that he was in some trouble here. Um, just based on what happened with the have nots. Um, so to explain that, we got a little more detail. Uh, we know we talked about yesterday that, uh, Memphis was a little harsh when he made David a have not. Um, there's a little bit more there, not specifically with Memphis, but, um, I think what happened was each of the have nots chose their own replacement as a have not. So, um, so Nicole chose, uh, Christmas, I think. And, um, and you had like Kevin chose, uh, Kaser. Um, and then, um, Ian was supposed to make a choice of like somebody like choose, choose somebody. Um, but Nicole Franzel, was like, uh, oh, Ian, don't you don't have to. Ch- I'll do it. I'll do it. You don't have to choose anybody. And that that made Memphis upset. Uh, and Memphis, because Memphis, Memphis. He's a guy he wants to he wants to like this is a business trip. 
This is a business trip. Uh, he wants to make some good TV. He wants, there's no emotions in this game. It's like, get some blood on your hands. Uh, and so Memphis was like, all right, D- David, David's going to be a have not. I forget what he said in that situation. Um, but something along the lines of like, like David, David's looking at, uh, at, uh, at, sorry, at Memphis is looking at David like, um, it's sort of like if you watch the challenge, like they what like they treat new people on the challenge, um, uh, like, like, uh, earn your stripes, bro. No, literally someone called him a rookie. I think it was maybe Cody. And I was like, that's challenge language. I've heard that before. Like, oh, it's a rookie. We're going to throw you into elimination and got earn your stripes, all that stuff. Uh, but this is really fascinating to me because we so often talk about like, ah, eh, do away with have nots. Like, you know, we're over them. Really doesn't impact the game unless you're talking about Jackson cheating and sneaking food into the, uh, the shower. But this actually had some game ramifications, it seems, or at least in terms of Memphis's hatred for Ian. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so uh, David feels in the morning, uh, the following morning that uh, like, OK, I might be in some trouble here considering how that went for me. Um, and so he talks about that. Um, he talks about um, sort of like the pressure that he feels as a black man, uh, you know, who uh, have not done well on this show in a long time. Um, and how he really wants to make it to the jury that hasn't happened in a really long time. Uh, and he really wants to make history and he wants to win this thing. Um, and so he talks about that. Uh, he also talks about it with with Kevin um, and, he's, and he bonds with him there. Um, and he uh, continues to talk some more about like things like uh, where he thinks the power structure lies. He feels like it's Memphis, Janelle, Kaser, Christmas and maybe more people. But the feet's cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we didn't really get to see any of that. But uh, but this was more of David's logic for why he wanted to come on the show in the first place, which was because of the lack of well, the zero black winners, uh, but also lack of of black male contestants on Big Brother. And so that was actually a bonding moment for him and Kevin that they had in the bathroom. And so uh, that was nice to get a little bit more insight into David, especially because we had been speculating for so long, you know, what's going on in his head? Is he faking? How much is he faking? How much does he know? Uh, but unfortunately, when you started to get into the game structure, then they woke up the rest of the house guests and we, we missed all of that. Mm. Um, so uh, Tyler had a few different conversations. He talked with David about like uh, hopefully you don't go up man um, you should play in this thing um, he talked to a few other people about whether or not they were playing um, Tyler also so they've been tweeting from the diary room they've been allowed to send out some tweets um, and Tyler talked about how uh, he said with this HOH I'm suddenly pretty stoked that Memphis pulled me into an alliance last week but in parentheses he says low key last person I wanted at the time um, However, not happy about Memphis making David a have not. That's my guy. We're about his safety this week. Time to work. So uh, t- obviously telling you a couple of things uh, that David is his guy um, and uh, and he's going to work very hard to protect him, which we will see all day long. Um, and then also that um, before Tyler was pulled into this alliance, Memphis was like the last guy he wanted to work with. Tyler was already not liking Memphis. And then Memphis was a jerk to 
David. And now Memphis is like running around. He's not telling any of the Alliance what he's doing, what he's planning. Um, and he is also trying to like trick people into playing in the safety competition to give himself better odds in the next one. And that's pissing Tyler off. And so he's going, he's running around like, are you, are you playing? Uh, like it's, I'm just, he's trying to get so everyone to play. It's pissing me off. Like I'm so annoyed. Yeah, I mean, Memphis is definitely not doing himself any favors. This is, call it whatever you want, H-O-H-I-D-S. You know, he's wearing the robe around, which is never a good sign. Uh, And Tyler is someone who is very keenly uh, aware of all of this. You know, he was before and he is now. And I think that Memphis's actions are not helping him at all, especially when it comes to his relationship with Tyler. Um, so, uh, we also had, uh, a few other conversations. It was a funny conversation. Uh, I mean, the, the, again, pre-gaming remains very prevalent, uh, in the talk of, uh, what's going on later. We're going to hear more about Janelle's, um, Nicole talked to Cody, uh, again this season about how she lied to Derek about being on the season again after she did it to him in 18. Uh, and Cody's like, dude, just lose his number. Cause <laughs> Gonna be pissed. She's like, I know. It was so funny to have this conversation again. It was like, okay, Nicole, <laughs> we get it. Um, so, uh, so the feeds go down for the safety competition. Um, they're down for a long time. Uh, I, I was tweeting this out. I feel like, why, like, not only do they go down for the competition itself, but they go down for the hour that they have to choose whether or not they're going to play in the competition, which really bugs me because we missed a lot last week when this happened. And there's a ton of strategy that goes into who's going to swipe their card and when and, uh, and all of that. And I, I don't see why they need to shut the feeds off for it. Uh, yeah, I don't I really don't get it either, because it's not like they're filming anything special or or anything like that. I mean, it's just strategy talk, which is what we see on the feeds normally, especially because then it's up to us to play detective work when the feeds come back to say, OK, wait, 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 was this a conversation that happened last night? Uh, are they talking about a conversation that happened when the feeds were down? Um, because I think that there was a conversation between Christmas and Kaser maybe that we missed that could have been very interesting to see. Uh, maybe Nicole and Christmas could have had another conversation. And so it's just frustrating to not be able to see that. Yeah. But when the feeds come back up, Christmas has won the safety competition and she has decided to save Ian. Baffling. (laughs) I was baffled. So the feeds come back and I think it was in what the storage room when we overhear the how like what happened Mm -hmm. and Christmas ended up winning and chose to save Ian? Like, wait, 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 wait. I mean, ultimately, we find that it's uh, Franzel who is potentially responsible for this, for, you know, getting mm-hmm. in Christmas's ear last night. Uh, maybe something before, we're not quite sure. Uh, but that seems to be the reason because this really came out of left field. Yeah, Franzel has been putting a lot of work in with Christmas. They're both have nots now. Um, and she has been, she's been weaseling her way in there. I mean, <laughs> Say what, what you will does. about Franzel. She knows what she's doing in the game. Um, and she uh, she definitely planted some seeds to make this happen. And and the thing, too, is that right now, I, I believe that Christmas fully believes that this was entirely her idea. And I don't want to give full credit to Franzel either. I think that this was partly uh, Christmas's idea. Um, but basically, like, again, we talked about this with Christmas before. 
Christmas is looking at the game like a checklist. Like, uh, these are the checks that I'm close to. These are the ones that I'm not close to. These are the ones in the middle. And so I need to check off all the ones in the middle so that I have as many numbers as possible to fight against the enemy. Um, and so she sees the enemy as, uh, Bailey, Devon, Janelle, Kaser, and Nicole, that they're all working together. And then she's got her side, you know, herself, Memphis, Tyler, Cody, Danny, Franzel, uh, all, all those people. And then Ian and Kevin are like in the middle. And so she saw it as like, OK, if I if I save Ian, I'll I'll win favor with him. And the, one of the middle people will come to us. Um, and so, uh, you know, Franzel is definitely the person that put that in her mind that like Ian is a free agent that can be pulled to their side if they're good to him um but it was you know christmas's idea to sort of save ian um because of that uh, there might have been more that happened while the feeds were down but that's i think the the basics of it from mm-hmm. from what we have seen yeah christmas has a very binary way of thinking that it is this side that side middle and then that's it whereas what we're actually seeing is more of these venn diagram circles of different overlaps of different people yes there are some people that are on the outs but there's this kind of like big group of what like eight nine people that all have then these sort of smaller groups within them um and that seems to be more the power structure versus one side versus the other, but that's Christmas's read uh, on the current situation. Yes. So um, seven people played in the safety competition, Christmas, Ian, Kevin, Dave on Bailey, Cody, and David all played in the competition, um, which leaves only Nicole, uh, Anthony, Tyler, Danny, Franzel, Enzo, and Memphis that have not played. So six people uh, are potentially going to be playing in the safety competition next week um, with potentially a um, a like minimum of four people if one of these people goes home and the other one's HOH. Um, do we know? So, do they have to use it? Or can I, they let their party pass, sweet pass expire, whatever it's called? <laughs> I'm pretty sure they do not have to use it um, because a lot of them were talking about like, <clears throat> ideally, we just never have to use it, never have to publicly save someone because that's the that's the risky part of it. Right. OK. OK. Um, yeah. And, and this the the whole what group of people that's who's left, at least Memphis articulates that that's part of the reason why uh, he nominated the people or, you know, some of the people that he does is because he's thinking, like, let me get the people who can still compete for safety out of here. So in that way, you know, I have a better chance and my alliance has a better chance of winning the safety suite competition. Mm-hmm. So. Enzo now uh, is going to talk with Memphis and um, Memphis says basically like, I don't mind that Ian was saved, um, you know, but but I've I've still got like a list of like four to five people that are in consideration for nomination. Um, And really, like the thing that bothers Memphis the most, according to Memphis, is the have not thing that like, why why people keep saving Ian like they saved him from making the getting blood in his hands saving him from the thing like i'm sure memphis is getting flashbacks to big brother 14 when ian's getting saved by boogie he's getting saved by dan and he's like we, we, we what do we, we do as long as we recognize that like we can't keep doing this for this for this kid um then uh then okay um but uh but for now 
Um, Enzo brings up this possibility of like, what, what about a backdoor this week? And Memphis says again, and he said this earlier, uh, the previous day, like, I'm not really interested in backdoor. The Ian was the only person I might have done a backdoor to, but if Ian's not in the mix, then definitely no backdoor, um, according to Memphis right now to, uh, to Enzo. Mm-hmm. So, so, uh, so first of all, if I have to hear the phrase, he was saved twice in one day from Memphis ever it again. Wasn't even one, like it's a twenty-four hour period. It's not the same. Yeah, that's what he's counting. He's like, and let me define one day as twenty-four hours. But like saved. I mean, okay, yes, the safety sweet competition. He was literally saved. But for the the slop thing, like. Oh, come on. Like someone volunteering. That happens a lot. I mean, yes, maybe this really got under Memphis's skin, which, you know, Memphis had been looking at Ian, although maybe not, you know, 100 percent seriously this week. But this now has made uh, Ian pop up really on Memphis's radar because one, he was saved twice in one day. And then also because he's like, oh, Ian is the type of guy he like he's doing something behind the scenes. He's got other relationships. He probably has a relationship with Nicole F. He probably has a relationship with Christmas, you know, blink and he's at the end. So I think that that uh, that really um, puts a puts a bigger target on Ian, at least for Memphis and maybe Enzo. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, like I, I really do personally get the sense that, like, I don't think Ian needed the safety. I think that he might have needed it. I think Ian was definitely in danger. Um, but I also don't think it was, like, definitely Ian was the target either. I think that it was still kind of up in the air. I'm glad that Ian is safe, uh, so I don't have to worry about him. Uh, but um, but it also did kind of put a little bit of an extra target on his back. So um, this could end up being a net negative thing for Ian, I think, overall. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll definitely have to see how, how that plays out. Because I think uh, with Nicole F's influence and her relationship with Ian, you know, even if Ian was put up on the block, could he potentially be saved? Especially with the way that Memphis is behaving, to be honest, and completely rubbing the house the wrong way. Uh, that wouldn't help his case if Memphis is like, oh, I would, would have wanted Ian to go. Uh, but, but we'll have to see. Yes. Uh, Enzo, though, is super on board with like, let's target Ian soon because uh, I ain't having no winners winning my season. Yo, no, no, I ain't getting embarrassed like that. Uh, which I did. They have they forgotten that Nicole Franzel won her season or like they're just, they're just good so with her? not threatened by her is the, is the thing. <laughs> I ain't threatened by no rat. <laughs> 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 no no winners win in my season no like who are you frank but also technically a winner will win your season because they are by definition a winner so how about let's say two-time winner <laughs> Uh, uh, so Memphis is going to talk with uh, with Franzel. Um, he uh, they talk about how like okay, so who's playing in the next safety competition? Oh, it's only the people who are basically cool with us and Nicole Anthony. Nicole Anthony is the only one that's not really with us that's competing next week. Uh, well, not if she's not here. <laughs> dun dun dun. <laughs> Oh, okay. Like, wow, way to be subtle about that. Uh, but yeah, and then Nicole Franz, oh, wow, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> um, and I mean, I think to me, like, it's starting to stand out. Okay, who who are Memphis, who is Memphis going to nominate? Nicole A really stands out as someone who was certainly on his radar really from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, he's also going to talk with Cody. Um, Cody is going to throw out 
the idea of like uh i mean you you don't want to backdoor janelle right uh, and memphis is like no no that was probably not um i mean i mean who would you even put up next to janelle to make her go home and cody cody's like literally anybody yeah uh, janelle is living rent free in every single house guest's head right now uh she's on the lips of everybody and this whole janelle backdoor or then potentially caser backdoor gets floated out a little bit but mostly janelle backdoor is something that i think is going to continue up until veto happens and is Especially if either David or Nicole A win veto, then I really think that that group, that power group, whatever you want to call them, whatever friggin' permutation it is at the time of different people, I think are really going to be pushing for that back door. And Cody is doing his best to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but like, you know, I just think really it could be a problem if they cut, you know, next week they win HOH. He's really planting. I don't even want to call them seeds. Like they're already sprouting. Okay. Like these are little, I don't know, little plantlets that are, <laughs> that he's trying to put in Memphis's head because he really wants that to happen. And, and notably here in all of these conversations, nominations have still not happened yet at this point in time. And Memphis is not letting Franzel know, not letting Cody know who he's deciding on. Um, he is just saying again, like, you know, you know, cause he, Memphis did say the options before, uh, before the safety competition happened the entire day before he said it's Nicole and David or Bay and day. Um, and even then I, I we kind of got the sense that it was going to be Nicole and David. Um, I don't think anything changed that. I think, think that was the, the plan all along, but he's so reluctant to tell anybody, even Cody, just definitively, this is what I'm going to do. Well, and this is after the safety suite competition as well. So, okay, sure. Like, I get your plan if you don't want anybody to know before the safety suite competition, but you're working with these people. If you... Your HOH, like this is the time, especially because those nominations aren't that big a deal. It's not like you're going to blow up your spot if you don't tell them. And that just really sketches people out. And even if Memphis is trying to work with, you know, anyone else, he just refuses to say who he's going to nominate. Yeah. So here's one of my theories on Memphis, because Memphis was always a, like a little bit of a hothead. I mean, he's not a womanizer, um, but uh, but he like Dan tricked him into being really bad at jury management at the end of the season. And I think he never like figured that out. You know what I mean? Like, I think he's trying to be Dan. He's trying to be the Dan that Dan was trying to trick him into being at the end of season 10. Um, and he's trying to do like that. Hey, leave your emotions at the door, make good TV. Um, but like, he's not Dan. And so he doesn't have like the, like just respect for another human that Dan does. He doesn't have like the personal connections to people that Dan does the sitting and listening to them talk for a long time. Like the, the, again, like the, the, like not, wanting to like really hurt anyone's feelings just like hey it's in the game kind of thing um and so like there's a lot of nuance to that kind of character and memphis has none of it he's he is grumpy like that is Memphis. Uh, and he he just he can't pull it off. And I don't know if it is him trying to to be Dan uh or if he just thinks that like yeah, I don't know that he has the ability to pull that off because he really, really does not. And it's just it's cold and it yeah. hurts. 
And that's not a great way to play this game. And I and I think that that's why one of the reasons why he's not telling anybody he's he's being the anti James Hewling um, that he is like, uh, like we are making good TV. Nobody gets to know we're going to have surprised faces at the nomination ceremony. Nobody's going to get warned. That's not what this game is about. Let's have fun with it. Um, but again, like uh, m- missing out on sort of, uh, you know, you don't have to go full James Hewling, but you need a little bit of it but like even james still has an element of warmth to him whereas i'm not in that house but i just get the sense that the house is cold and not just because of the temperature but because of the attitude that memphis is putting out there it just you kind of get chills at like ooh, like this is harsh buddy like uh, this isn't gonna work (laughs) booyah in the chat i feel like always be anti-james healing but now i'm conflicted (laughs) Um, look, there's always two ends of the extreme, you know, two extreme ends of the spectrum, right? And uh, you got to be somewhere in the middle of Memphis and James Hewling when it comes to uh, telling people plans. Um, Is that the spectrum we really want to go with here? Uh, so um, Memphis is going to talk to Christmas. He uh, again says, I don't mind that you saved Ian, um, but uh, it's like it's annoying that he was saved twice in a row. Uh, Franzel is the one that I was really concerned about. Um, and he should go soon because people should see that uh, people saving him is, uh, you know, dangerous. Um, and Chris was like, oh, yeah, like, I mean, I didn't you know, mean to do anything. He's like, no, no, don't worry about it. Um, but, uh, you know, th- he's been talking about how like Christmas needs constant like, validation like reassurance. Um, um, and Memphis really doesn't like to reassure people, uh, which is the uh, entire idea of his alliance. Like, I feel like it's it's less um, it's less like organized so that it's like strategically sound and more organized just so that he doesn't have to deal with people's feelings um, and doesn't have to deal with people uh, like just. OK, look, I know this is a social game. I know I have to work with you losers um but uh i don't want to have to talk to you guys so i'll let's just like we'll do the alliance thing but just like not have to deal with any of the you know talking to each other social thing like this is like the friends with benefits version of (laughs) of an alliance right like i just want all the perks with none of the work uh but but the thing with christmas also is you know he just kept saying like oh i'm not mad that ian was chosen i'm not mad that ian was chosen like okay sure jan like that's why you were complaining to enzo for a good 20 minutes uh, up in the hoh room so i don't really buy that even if ian wasn't his main target i think still having ian available to put up uh would have been something that memphis was looking at um but but again cold ice cold yeah so uh, Cody's going to talk with Enzo um, there. You know, he lets him know that he was trying to get like test the waters with Janelle. Mm-hmm. Not, not sure it's going to happen, but he's going to keep trying. Um, they talk about like uh, like Devon might go up. If Day goes up, they'll have to save her. Um, she's important to them. Um, he talks about Danny and he's like, uh, you know, like we may be projecting onto Janelle that like, like and and Cody is is actually trying to keep Janelle around. Um, you know, he's pushing a Janelle back door, but like really he just wants Janelle and Kaser split up. And Cody would actually prefer that Kaser leave, and we'll get into that later. Um I still feel like that's probably because 
you know, Janelle called in the pregame because uh, Janelle called a lot of people. Um, and uh, but but either way, he thinks that Kaser is the smarter player and more dangerous. Um, and so uh, he this is him. Like, I, I really think he doesn't see Janelle as like the per, the brains of the operation. Um, he sees Kaser as the brains of the operation. He's like, uh, like, I, like we're projecting onto like uh, every, you know, Janelle is living rent free in everybody's mind. And we kind of can see that it's not all real but Danny is real Danny is the smartest player in this game we need to watch out for Danny um, and uh, Enzo's like oh yeah but she's cool for now right like uh, like Enzo's not really as much about it yeah this was interesting because uh, like props to Cody for for this read and he even says it a little bit later to Danny's face like oh you're so smart you're so good at this game I was like Cody shut up <laughs> Like this is what happened with Derek and Nicole Franzel uh, <laughs> in that season Nicole Franzel was like oh you're su- such a good player and then you know Derek targeted her and got her out of the game so I think that's something that yes Cody absolutely has to be aware of but he's got to be careful about how he plays that and because the conversations and we've you've talked about this before they're so free it feels like between Danny and Cody and I don't know if Cody just feels like oh my walls are down with her I feel really comfortable with her but then when he's out of that mist then he can sort of be like oh she she's going to be a dangerous player in the game I don't know when this is going to come to fruition but at some point during the season we're going to have a Cody v Danny and I'm very excited about it Mm. Uh, so Memphis talks to Bailey and uh, he he brings her into the HOH room and he says, all right, all right, look, uh, I've got a few people I'm thinking about nominating. Um, I don't want to, f- I don't want to stress you out. But what I do want to say is that if I don't nominate you, I would like for us to have a gentleman's agreement that you return the favor. But nothing else. No more than that. This is not like we're working together. (laughs) No. Uh, This is like you repaying me for what I'm about to do for you. Um, And you can literally see the fake smile go on to Bailey's face as she's like, yeah, yeah, that sounds great to me. Of course, I'd we work together long term. No, it's a gentleman's agreement. Yeah, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, definitely reciprocate that. You've got it, buddy. <laughs> because who wants to be like just Memphis? Have a little bit of empathy for one freaking second and just think if you were in that situation and someone was telling you that, how would you respond? You know what I mean? I don't know if he doesn't want to get her hopes up. I don't know. I really don't know what was going through his head with this conversation, but poor Bailey, she went through that like a trooper, did that fake smile, even though to us, of course, you could tell Memphis probably oblivious to it all. Uh, But yes, very, very odd conversation. Yeah. Now we are going to take a quick break for our sponsors and we'll be right back. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. So let's get back to the show. Um, so nominations are going to happen. And um, Memphis is going to nominate Nicole, Anthony, and David. And apparently, in the nominations, he said something along the lines of, like, hey, David. Welcome to the grown-ups table. Like, uh, it's t- time to earn your place kind of thing again. Um, and uh, people were not pleased. Yeah, it, there was also something about, like, I told you to play. Now you're on the block. Yeah, you know, how much... Get the full experience uh, yeah. of playing Big Brother. <laughs> um, may- like, maybe some, some choice language. I'm not quite sure. Like, calling him boy, I think, or, like, referring to him so as younger. I, That's what I, I think heard. that was. I think that was the grown-ups table uh, okay thing. yeah okay okay yeah 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 so that's because you know of course we get several retellings throughout the next mm-hmm. what like couple hours where different people are saying different things i'm trying to piece together exactly what memphis said uh which this is you know two strikes in a row and not the good bowling kind like this is the bad kind and D- david is able to gain so much sympathy from everyone in the house could have been his fake crying could have been real crying, could have been all of Memphis's statements. But I mean, you can immediately tell the difference with David and Nicole A, where David is, everybody is around him, comforting him, telling him that Memphis was out of line. Uh, it was, it was very interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, so D- David does, he goes around, um, he is, he's got tears. Um, and people are comforting him. They're telling him that was so messed up, uh, that like, why would he be so mean? Um, there's no reason for that. Uh, and like they put arm around him. Um, and he talks to Tyler and Tyler's like, oh man, we're gonna, we're gonna crush that guy. Uh, like Tyler's pumped up. Um, like let's, we're gonna crush this veto. We're gonna get you off the block. We're gonna get this guy. It's like the most emotion I've seen from Tyler so far in this whole season, like in the storage room, just being like pump up speech, like play, remember the name music, like we're going to run this. We got this. You got the veto. Like like, my name is Tyler Crispin. You, you, you hurt my friends. Prepare to die. I mean, yeah, this is the like this is the the nail in the coffin for the any type of Memphis Tyler relationship, I think, because Tyler is just not happy with mm-hmm. Memphis. Um, but what we see from David by himself is uh, a sort of like, uh, you know, one of those like, uh, no, it would be sad to like, hmm. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it was Cody, I think I saw one of those. He's like, like oh, comfort. And then, ha ha ha. Yes. <laughs> it's those fake tears of Ica. Finally, one whole year later, we get to see them. They, they, they worked on Grodner to get him back on All Stars. <laughs> 
Oh, Nicole Franzel to get him back on All Stars. <laughs> right. No, yes. Uh, Grodner then Franzel just to make sure he was logged in. Um, and then uh, and then he was playing it up. So, I mean, and I, I also at the same time, it, he was definitely intending for us to see that he's playing this up at the very least, that he's completely faking it, whatever. Um, but uh, that does not necessarily diminish the fact that uh, he might have also felt genuinely upset. Um, often what happens is that somebody feels upset and then they like sort of play into it and they make it theatrical um to uh to make it more useful to themselves um but it doesn't mean that he wasn't upset in any way but it also doesn't mean that he was upset in any way we'll probably find out in the diary room or something mm-hmm. i mean i i'm i have to believe if you're gonna get put up on block like what are you gonna have is like zero emotions i think right. of course you're gonna feel something but then that's what you pull on to spiral and especially when everybody's coming to comfort you then you can kind of play it up a little bit mm-hmm so um, Memphis is going to talk, uh, have a long talk with Janelle and Kaser after the nominations. Oh. And uh, this is when Janelle and Kaser are finally going to uh, bring Memphis in on the uh, the theory that they have. Um, so first they say, like, look, you know, David's David's got to go. Um, you know, it's, uh, we got to keep Nicole. Uh, Memphis is like, I don't, I don't care either way. Honestly, I don't, I don't really care. Um, and uh, they're like, okay, okay, but what about, okay, what about this, though? What if we put Franzel on the ball? What if we backdoor Nicole Franzel? She's dangerous. She's a winner. Um, here, Because here's, here's the thing. We think that there's four people working together. They're running this house. It's Cody, Danny, Tyler, and Nicole Franzel. Franzel, she has Ian. They've got Enzo, maybe. Um, they're running this house. They're running this house. It's dangerous. And Kaser, with a great line. I mean, Kaser knows the game. Um, he's just talking to the wrong person right now. But Kaser talks about how, how this game works lately is that you come into the game and the people that make the big alliances early get the numbers and they make it to the end by controlling the flow of information uh, and keeping people uh, keeping people down. So like the people that aren't in power give the information to the people who are in power and uh, then they control that information and they keep the other people out of power. Uh, Like that's how the game works. And Memphis is sitting here like, yeah, and I'm one of them. And you don't know it. And I'm controlling the flow of information right now. Dummies. This is so painful to watch because it was like, oh, my God, you guys are so right with Kaser, Uh, especially that insight into the like concisely summing up what the structure of recent Big Brother seasons have been to the person who is part of that core or, you know, that that majority alliance who thinks he's part of the core. Yes, that's true. That's true. (laughs) No. But but that's the thing is, is with the people on the outsides, it's too late. They've been trying to form whatever the counterinsurgency is going to be. But they're talking to the people that are in power. Kevin is talking to Danny. Kaser and Janelle are talking to Memphis and they're going at one another. You know, they think Janelle is is running everything and they're just never going to be able to get anything together because that structure has already been put in place. 
Yep. Uh, um, I mean, Damn. it really is like, I mean, this, like, uh, this is why that was the first off season podcast I did. Cause that this whole idea of this dominant strategy in big brother has been on my mind for so long and it is so effective. Um, and it really like any experienced player should come into the game and it should be a race in the first few days of like, who can get to this amazing structure first because once you're there it's so hard to counter it um and that doesn't mean that it can't be countered we saw vanessa do it um we've seen like you know when there aren't great players in it like with grateful like it can crumble and you saw that you know cliff uh really helped uh accelerate that as well um it can still be countered it can still be broken but it's very difficult to especially in when you add in the fact that the competitions are a lot more winnable and so you do get a lot of the same people winning comp the winning uh, many competitions so you just get those people into that this structure and it's especially effective because it's hard you can't even get any power outside of it and then on top of that if you add a twist like battle of the block or roadkill or like a third nominee somewhere uh, or or a camp comeback to like really encourage these groups to stick together give them multiple chances of getting a nominee on the block and controlling the votes um it's a very very dominant strategy um and it's what caser and janelle are up against right now yeah and, and and i think what is also especially challenging uh for this season is because there's not one big nine person alliance or eight person alliance like um I guess like the bomb squad would be the one that I would think to compare it to. Instead, you have sort of these smaller groups that are more of a cloud type structure, this Venn diagram organization. And I think that also makes it particularly challenging to break that apart um, because you have even more of an interesting flow of information between all of these different groups and the outside people really just, it's going to be tough. And I don't know if they can do it, especially because Memphis, you know, one of the people who at least is HOH this week and is in power is someone who then immediately goes to Cody later, not immediately, but goes to Cody later and says, hey, this is what Kaser and Janelle are are saying. Right. Mm-hmm. Talk about flow of information. That's Memphis can flow uh, can. Uh, blah, 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 controlling that flow of information. Exactly. And, and it's such a stark contrast. So, you know, Kaser and Janelle, they came up with this theory the night before. Mm-hmm. Um, they're now telling Memphis about it. They said they need to round up numbers against this, you know, big group. Um, Memphis says, I, I, I disagree. I don't want to do big alliances early. That's not how I play. Um, I, you know, you don't get into big alliances for you. Like, you're not going to use a veto on me if you win. They're like, why not? This is too big of a target. Nobody's going to do You're going to tell me you're going to use the veto on me. No, of course not. Uh, like we do that later in the game. That's, that's a later in the game thing. Now we're just kind of chilling. Um, and so, uh, so they, you know, they fail in the pitch essentially. And this information is going to spread like wildfire. So Janelle and Kaser have a thought one night. And by the following night, everybody knows. Cody and like the people he's working with are keeping secrets from day one. Haven't gotten out. That's that's the that's the power differential. Um, And it's massive. Uh, So um, that's that's sort of where they're at right now. Yeah. And and, I mean, it's super frustrating as a viewer because, you know, oh, want to mix up. But from a strategy perspective, it's very interesting to see how these clusters have formed and how that information can then so quickly get on everybody's lips. And then is, you know, there's a conversation that happens later in the night, which I'm sure we'll talk about, about, well, 
how to really get this uh, this Janelle backdoor, uh, maybe Kaser, but you know more pushing the Janelle backdoor, and it's because that information got out so quickly um, about that core group before quote unquote running the house. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're then going to see that Janelle talks to Nicole. Nicole is uh, upset, um, and uh, there, there was a funny moment where Nicole was—I mean, it wasn't that funny because Nicole's crying and I feel bad. But uh, Nicole is in the in the key room in the bedroom, uh, and she, like Kevin and and uh, like uh, Ian, I think were in there, and they were kind of comforting her. And Janelle just kind of like storms it, like uh, just kind of like comes in like opens the door she's like uh all right you guys get out i'm gonna comfort her uh, <laughs> it's my turn <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> so they just leave <laughs> and janelle just sits down with nicole um so janelle tells nicole like uh look i i was trying to talk with to memphis about the idea of like uh like hey we need to work together um but it's like he's not he's not biting he just wants to play like this like you know free agent kind of game and um but i'm trying we're trying to work on him we're trying to like get get him to pull you in so that uh so that you know maybe we can take you off maybe we can backdoor like franzel or something um like we're trying to make this work uh and nicole's like okay 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 so (laughs) i know that like there's there's a lot of frustration i think from a lot of the fans and myself included about nicole anthony this season and how how she's been you know missing the fact that janelle clearly wants to work with her right whereas nicole anthony continues to say like oh there's some other big alliance i'm not part of it but that's because she's getting so much misinformation from so many other places within the house and if you look at the fact that you know kaser and janelle are theoretically working with memphis and memphis puts up nicole anthony of course she's gonna mistrust janelle and is gonna mistrust that side of the house so i like i get that from her perspective it must be just really frustrating yeah um so uh kevin is going to talk with day and uh speaking of frustrating uh, and speaking of people who have not had much information in the house um kevin <laughs> is really starting to feel like janelle and kaser are the cause of all of the world's ills um that uh the, okay the people on the outside are me you davon bailey Nicole Anthony and David and we need to group up together and I was like that's actually kind of close like you're actually kind of close to the mark there just about Bailey and Davon for Kaser and Janelle and you've got it you're so close and then he says and the bad people the enemies there it's Janelle Kaser and Memphis and I was like that is not close <laughs> yeah right it's like okay okay you're getting there no 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 no. and then like what did he, he called Kaser? i think a silicon valley douchebag at one point mm. in the night Just he like, says he's arrogant he says he's sneaky he's like uh he's very charismatic but he's very sneaky he's a liar um he's not trustworthy janelle is 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 dangerous she's untrustworthy you can't just think single word she says um and a lot of people are very upset about kevin um and there's a lot of unnecessary trash talking. Yes. The read though, I have a harder time blaming Kevin as much as some other people because 
Janelle and Kaser spent the entire week last week campaigning hard against Kevin. He was kept out of the loop because he was on the block. And Janelle literally went around saying that Kevin was a massive liar because of his season. Man, who came up with the lie and he's a floater and he's not worth anything in the game. And they've been trash talking him to, to Nicole. And, um, and then he asked her about it and she lied to his face uh, and she was very obvious about lying to him. So like Kevin has a lot of reason to be skeptical of Janelle and Kaser read wise. Uh, but of course, uh, going too far in the trash talking with uh, you know, about them. I, I would co-sign that. I think Janelle and Kaser are not really doing themselves any favors if they are trying to build some sort of counter alliance. One, going to Memphis, not great, but okay, let's say they, they still think that Memphis is on their side. Wouldn't you want to pick up other people? And I feel like they, they just, they're really not talking to others. There was one point in the night where everybody was in the living room and, and they were telling, I think Ian was telling like a date story, which was hilarious. But then where is Kaser? Where is Janelle? Like they're in the bathroom talking to what Nicole Anthony, I think. And it was like, guys, you have to work on these other connections. This still is a social game at the end of the day. They're spending so much energy on Nicole. And when we talk about it later, it's going to be it's going to be bad. Uh, <laughs> like, all for not stop. <laughs> and like, really, again, Kevin, I think is really close. And I, and I think that like him, David, um, yeah, honestly, him, David, uh, Devon, Bailey, Nicole, Anthony, and Janelle and Kaser all should work together because for as much as Devon and Bailey are protected by the Connect Four alliance with with Cody and Enzo, and that they are in the power structure, they are the people in the power structure with the least amount of power, um, and they will be the first ones to get cut. I think um, maybe not the first ones to get cut. They will be the first ones to be kind of like they're not going to be protected that hardcore. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like I could see Danny or uh, Cody like going after Danny and, and, and using Bailey and Devon to do it. But like uh, and that could work out for them. And I don't think they're in a bad spot by any means. I think that ab- being in this power structure, even if you're at the bottom of it, it's still fine. Um, you can kind of like find yourself, you know, stepping over the battle of the civil war and the power structure and then winning the game. But you're not you don't have as much control over your own fate. You have to hope that Cody's going to fight with Danny. You have to hope that these things happen. And um, and if you want to take your own fate into your own hands, then you should be trying to pull in some of these outsiders um, and getting some extra leverage. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that civil war doesn't come, I think absolutely there is some of the first people to go. The fact that Memphis, although, you know, he's not like really in it, was thinking about Bay and Day, I think is a bad sign because it means you are at the bottom of what could be that power structure. So I think that that is uh, that's something they, they're going to have to look out for. And I I don't know if they necessarily see it. I mean, there's the whole pre-gaming thing with Bay and Janelle that continues to get brought up. Danny and Day have a conversation about that. And so I think there's enough sort of seeds of potential distrust that might be a problem and prevent that group from coming together. But certainly they they just don't see it, that that's the group that has to uh, to fight against what is now the power structure in the house. 
Mm-hmm. And and again, uh, like uh, th- this this goes back to like last week when when I talked about like they were talking about throwing the HOH, um, and I was like I would prefer they don't do that because I'd like to see them take some power into their own hands. But either way, they'll probably be fine, and they are fine. But it was kind of a close thing here. If if Memphis had decided to go Bailey and Devon, we could very easily see one of them leaving here. Even if, you know, Cody does want to protect them, it's probably going to be Bailey in this spot uh, because Cody and Enzo and Danny, they all want to protect uh, Devon more than Bailey. Um, and like that would have been bad. Uh, and that's like they are not secure enough i think to be feeling that comfortable and they are now realizing it um so that's important we're going to talk about that a little bit later um but kevin's talking today he's talking about all that stuff uh danny talks today um and danny lets day know about bailey and the fact that bailey pre-gamed with janelle and davon did not know this um davon was like what like they, they, she, she, Bailey, like Janelle called Bailey, Bailey called Janelle. Like they were calling each other. They were, they have like a pregame thing. Um, and Danny's like, yes, yes. She's like, oh my God, I've been telling Bailey so much stuff about Janelle. Uh, I, I, I am worried. And this, I, believe was real worry uh they're gonna have a conversation about it later we didn't catch much of it but um she was genuinely like oh crap um i hope i am not in another situation where i'm getting betrayed here by my closest ally um but uh but don't worry spoilers it works out (laughs) yeah that's okay it'll be okay it's just a brief moment of panic uh during this conversation but yeah this is this is also i'm telling you the danny mist the danny mist is real and uh, you know even if it is regardless of the the actual information the way that danny communicates is so passionate so like you are i am you are my focus i am paying attention to you i am with you i am having this conversation with you and that's really powerful yeah um they also talk about how they think and so like this is it's very anti-janelle they feel like okay if we can get rid of janelle not only do we sever the janelle and bailey connection but we also now have caser alone and they feel like they can work with caser um and so they really have a lot of incentive to get rid of janelle and maybe try to pull in caser um and i do feel like if janelle left caser would be in an okay spot the problem is that cody is still going to be anti-caser but um but i think a lot of other people are going to feel like he's useful to them but we'll see yeah fingers crossed i mean definitely for the the long-term survival of half of the pair one of them is gonna have to go this is like a chopping off the limb so that the body can survive it's gonna happen at some point exactly and it's it's inevitable it's gonna happen at some point and i kind of feel like the sooner it happens the better it is for the other party because then things are hopefully at least a little bit more fluid and caser let's say janelle is the one to go caser can then get in with another group whether it be bay and day danny whomever then he actually might be able to to get some some roots dare I say, uh, in with these other people and make it at least a little bit further. Mm. Um, so Kevin talks to Danny and he tells her about this power trio, Janelle Kaser and, uh, and Memphis, um, and, and how Janelle is now up there you know, gallivanting in the HOH room with some wine and, uh, she's hanging out with Memphis and they're laughing. Like Kevin is now like, like Janelle and Memphis. And like, again, you can almost see why he like, I, from Kevin's point of view right now, 
Jan- like Memphis is Jackson and Janelle is Jack. Like uh, like they're up there in the HOH room laughing about their mean speeches. Um, and this is all pre-planned. And Janelle is stabbing Nicole in the back and playing her for a fool. Um, and he feels like they're such jerks. So, OK, uh, when I was watching the Kaser Janelle and Memphis conversation that happened right after Noms. I thought I heard the doorbell ring and I was like, is this is that my house? Is that their house? Like, I, I don't know what's happening. But then Kevin later is like, I rang the doorbell and they completely ignored me and they were laughing and laughing. I don't know if you heard the laughing. I don't even know if they were laughing at the time, but definitely the fact that he rang the doorbell and got ignored because he wanted to just thank Memphis for not putting him up. That's not a great look. Yeah. And it's like it's 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 frustrating because Kevin is wrong, but again, like you can kind of see why yes. he thinks it. Um, but like this is this is this should be a lesson to us all in the Big Brother community that when you just like come up with random conspiracy theories in your mind that you have no proof of at all, and then use that to then viciously attack people, it's kind of not cool. Like, maybe don't do that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, not enough tinfoil for him to really get a signal on that one. Uh, Again, somewhat based in fact, but I mean, certainly not happening. Just very, uh, yeah, very interesting, but very uh, aggressive with his trash talking. And I think that that is the the overstepping the bounds here. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Uh, Kevin also talks to Nicole and he basically gives this theory to uh, to her about Janelle and Kaser and Memphis and that they're they're playing her. They're using her. They're up there. Janelle is upstairs with some wine in Memphis right now, laughing, hanging out for hours. Um, When he went up there, it was there was three of them and they were laughing. Um, She's being played and she is getting flashbacks um and she's like oh my god it's happening again janelle's playing me for a fool they're making fun of me upstairs um and like is she's she's really like retreating into you know it's i can't believe it's happening again she's she's crying like when i got the call i i cried um and i told my parents like i can't do this if it happens again like what if it happens again um and now it's happening again and she feels terrible because like after her first season, she went in, she had anxiety um, and she was self-conscious and awkward. And then she came out and she felt like, you know, I've I've grown and I've gotten more confident and I'm like more confident in myself and I feel good about myself. And she had so many people like tell her like, oh, you're such an inspiration to me. Like, if you can do it, I can do it. Um, and now she feels like she's letting all those people down because she's back to anxious, self-conscious Nicole. Um which like, you know, I know Nicole's not listening, but like, uh, like there's no end game to self-improvement. Like, uh, nobody's just perfect forever. Um, constantly having to deal with these struggles is, is an inspiration in and of itself and she shouldn't feel bad, but she is in this moment. Um, and it sucks, uh, to have to, to have to watch it, but, um, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, thankfully, there are house guests that are in there that are saying exactly what you're saying, Taryn, is that like, it's OK. You know, you're allowed to have emotion. It's OK to express that emotion and it's OK to deal with these struggles again. I mean, even more so watching somebody go through the struggle is 
more inspirational because you see that you can make it through and make it out to the other side. You see that growth. Uh, but she's just really in her head. There was a lot of crying from Nicole Anthony. It was disheartening to see. A little annoying if I'm being uh, Memphis, lack of empathy-esque. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, she's, she's clearly upset about the whole thing. And especially the flashbacks to her last season or her, you know, her, her first season of I'm being played is just ugh, shot to the heart. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. She is. She's just she's buying it hook, line and sinker um, and uh, and even getting on board the like screw them train, um, which again, like, uh, you know, don't be so quick to trash people. Especially when you don't even know all the facts. No, Kevin is the conductor and he's just sweeping up people left and right. It doesn't matter. Facts or not. His like inference is what we're going off of. And he's trying to get as many people up on there to go after this whole Janelle and Kaser conspiracy theory nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Janelle does talk to Memphis some more uh, when she's upstairs with the wine. Um, she tries to convince him again that, uh, you know, we need to pull in Nicole. We need to bring her in. We need to make sure she doesn't go home. Um, and, like, maybe we can backdoor Franzel. If not, I guess we can get rid of David. Um, and he will not agree to backdooring Franzel. He just is like, <laughs> Franzel? <laughs> Yeah, Why would I non- need to do that? Non-committal uh, is like the nicest way I could think to say it because it's a little bit of just like, no, like, of course, I'm never going to do that, especially because, you know, we know that while Memphis is trying to keep his relationship with Janelle and Kaser on the up and up, he also seems to be more loyal to the other alliance that he put in place. And this is the source, I think, of much of the frustration of last night um, with people watching is that Janelle is upstairs stumping hard for Nicole, trying to save Nicole um, and, you know, kind of harming, like continuing to harm her own game in the process. And meanwhile, Nicole is downstairs, um, fully convinced now that Janelle is playing her and Janelle is the devil uh, and she can't believe she fell for Janelle's lies. Uh, And it's like, oh, five oofs. Not great. So many oofs. Uh, Um, Memphis is going to talk to Cody they do like this download Memphis tells him about Janelle and Kaser's uh, theories about the alliance Um, and Cody says yes I just heard from Christmas that Kaser went to Christmas um, and he said to her and I don't think we saw this on the feeds but uh, we know that Kaser was kind of planning on doing this Kaser went to Christmas and said "There's there's a four person alliance Danny, Cody, Franzel Tyler and they are trying to convince Memphis to do their dirty work and target you, take you out. You won the safety, so now they can't do it. And so that's why Nicole and David are on the block. Um, and uh, and Cody was not pleased about this. Um, like, hey, how dare you try to take my pawn away from me? And how dare you uh, talk about me in my actual alliance? Because that's very scary and I don't want you to target me. Please don't do that. Yeah, right. How dare you speak the truth? <laughs> I am I am offended at this. Well, mostly the truth. The Not semi, the thing yeah. about Christmas, but the well, alliance, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Um yeah, this is this is really funny. And this is, you know, Cody is the one who's been most distrustful of Kaser from the beginning. Um, you know, he wanted Kaser potentially gone that first week, especially out of the two of Kaser and Janelle, and this is not helping uh helping Cody feel any better 
about Kaser in this house. Yes. So now Cody is pushing even harder for he's using this as a as a platform, as a jumping off point. Um, and he really feels like it's it's even more do or die than before. If these people are saying our four names, then one of them needs to go Memphis, because if Kaser or Janelle win next week, they're going to put two of those four on the block. And if one of us wins the veto, they're going to put a third person on the block. And there's nothing that we can do to prevent that. So we need to take one of them out to lower their chances of winning HOH. Um, and Memphis is just kind of like. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> non-committal he really doesn't want to backdoor anyone uh you know he talks about it earlier maybe ian but i think memphis just wants nominations to stay this week because he's trying to keep both of these sides happy of course he doesn't want to take a shot at nicole franzel he doesn't really want to take a shot at janelle or caser so he's just sort of doing the meh, meh. yeah um so janelle goes down to talk to nicole and she says look i made some progress with memphis i think that we can get him to backdoor someone um i he he told me he'd pick me to play in the veto so if i play i'll win and i'll use it on you um and and nicole's just like i don't believe your lies i know you're tricking me oh this was so frustrating (laughs) because like that's what janelle was doing but nicole anthony has just spent like an hour down in the bottom part of the house just being completely convinced by Kevin, etc., that oh no, definitely Janelle is making fun of you, is not on your side. When Janelle then comes down, spits the truth of like, I really am trying to keep you safe. Nicole Anthony is just not having it. Yep. So uh, Cody is going to talk with Danny, Tyler, and Franzel at like various points. They're coming in and out of the photo room. Um, by the way, the photo room is super annoying. There's like some like the, the the house is very cold there's a lot of air coming in especially in the photo room and they can never hear each other there's so much so much of their conversation is what what'd you say what'd you say <laughs> and they repeat themselves and what 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 was it um oh we gotta talk more no no no, because then they'll hear us through this wall because they will um and so this it's very annoying um and then even after that it's like like on top of that, you still have two Nicoles in the house. So it's like, okay, what was it? Nicole, which, which Nicole, Nicole F, Nicole A. And like, oh, Nicole, Nicole A. Okay. So then the, then, so then I'm talking to Nicole, Nicole A again. No, no, no. This one, this one, Nicole F. Um, (laughs) figure it out guys like I don't care what you pick but you need to figure out how to talk about them yeah and then of course like Cody is trying to talk louder which I'm like oh thank you Cody I really appreciate that and then Danny's like shh shh (laughs) you have to be quiet like no 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 it's fine it's fine um so they talk about how Kaser and Janelle will nominate them that's terrible one of them has to go Cody wants it to be Kaser uh Tyler and Janelle Tyler and Danny are like no Janelle. Janelle's yeah. more dangerous. Come on. Um, and he's like, but Kaser's so smart. And they're like, God, Cody. Janelle. She's way more dangerous. <laughs> she's more connected. She's better at competitions. Uh, you, 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 gotta, you gotta take out Janelle over Kaser. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is sort of interesting because Cody's logic is like, well, Kaser is the smarter one of the two. So obviously you want to take out the brains of the operation. But then the, you know, Danny and Tyler are saying, yeah, but what's he going to do without Janelle? 
what's he even doing with Janelle? Like, it's not like they together have pulled together this power, but I guess maybe Janelle is more of the threat here. I think it really comes down to who they think they can work with. And I think Kaser is somebody who they think that they can pull in. So it's more about just convincing Cody that Janelle has to go because, you know, ultimately they don't think that they can work with her. Yes. Um, and so something that Tyler has been doing throughout the day um, and, and very well, I think um, he we know that he wants to protect David and he keeps dropping little seeds throughout the day that are very like good, solid, very concise arguments for why David should stay. But he does them in a way that makes it seem like he's not like just going super out of his way to do it um so he's he's making cases like uh you know we talked about it yesterday that stuff like uh you know david will come to us he's useful uh cody wants to use him as a pawn uh if he wins hoh it's like our hoh um you know he's he's like a, he's you know he'll want to bro down with us that sort of thing with cody um he talks with uh with danny about how useful david is and how like, he doesn't have anybody else and um he's super valuable that way after the nominations Tyler's going to drop things like, oh, yeah, now David is pissed at Memphis. So they're like they're like going to go at it together. Like, that's great for us. It's like distraction they're going after each other. Um, like, yes, absolutely. So many times they're agreeing like, yes, David has to stay. David has to stay. He's making sure that he's not just like resting on his laurels and like uh, like, oh, well, they want David to stay. So I'm sure David's going to stay. He's continuing to make sure that they feel the importance of David staying. Um, and uh, and I thought it's he, he does very, a very good job of it throughout the day. Yeah, and I think part of it, too, is that he's not so overt about it. It's subtle enough that it's just slipped into conversation, but it's happening so frequently that, you know, you hear Danny say, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll keep David. We're keeping David, which then she's saying it's coming out of her mouth, which means that that thought is being embedded deeper and deeper within her brain. Uh, and he's doing this with other people as well, that, OK, Danny really is or uh, David really is the one who has to stay this week. Mm-hmm. So um, Tyler also suggests that, OK. If we're going to try and get Janelle backdoored, then why don't we work on Nicole um, and try to pull her in, try to see like, oh, try to get her to feel like she's being used by Janelle because um, he's already kind of talked to her. He's already kind of feeling that vibe from her. Like if we can get Janelle, uh, Nicole pulled in, then uh, then we can pull in both uh, Nicole and David. We can get Janelle uh, out of the game and like win, win, win. Right. Um, so that's kind of the new plan. And they are going to spend some time time working on Nicole. And so here's kind of the thing about Nicole not believing Janelle and Kaser. It's really good for her game <laughs> because she's dead in the water if she stays up on the block next to David uh, as things stand. But if they feel like she's not with Kaser and Janelle anymore, they have no reason to take her out. And now they want to pull her in because she's against Kaser and Janelle. But so like she's for the wrong reasons, I think doing what's best for her game. Like if she was a smart player, she would say she would look at Kaser and Janelle and her in a room and she would go, wait a minute, this feels familiar. I wonder if Keisha sat in this spot. Uh, like anybody that gets close to them is going to get sent home. She should be running for the hills and saying, I want nothing to do with them. I have nothing to do with them. But that's not how she plays. Um, like she doesn't like she doesn't do that. Um, but instead, she's doing it unintentionally because she really feels like they're coming for her. She's running away from them. She's like, they're coming for me with pitchforks. Get away from Kaser and Janelle. Um, and so it's kind of inadvertently working out for her in a way. 
<laughs> but that's the thing. There's no townspeople to grab the pitchforks because if there were, Keisha would still be here, right? Yeah. Like, who, who is this town? <laughs> I don't. I don't get it. Mm. So. Um, so they, so they're going to be talking to, to, to Nicole, um, all night, um, talking to her about how, oh yeah, Janelle's been using you and, um, she's, she's now socializing with them for the first time. Um, and like, they're really like seemingly getting her on board with things. It wouldn't surprise me though, if she flips back over to Janelle tomorrow and then back again. And, uh, that's kind of what, um, we've come to expect from Nicole. Um, yeah, no, that was, it was actually really funny because I think it was, uh, I can't remember what the conversation was. It was something about like, well, you know, Memphis is t- was targeting Ian or something because he was a flip flopper or something. And Nicole, it was like, he doesn't know I'm a flip flopper, does he? Or something like that. I was like, ah, shut up, Nicole. <laughs> You're not doing yourself any favors. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Kevin put the seeds of distrust with Janelle uh, between Jacole, uh, Janelle and Nicole Jacole. Anthony. Jacole. That's Jacole. <laughs> is that like Jacuse? Yeah. The, the, the big brother version. And then, yeah, now the other side is actually coming to reap the rewards of what, if, what, what Kevin if we, had done. What if we got a Janzel at some point? A Janzel. <laughs> <laughs> sure, Janzel. <laughs> Um, all right. Uh, so speaking of, Franzel is going to talk with Ian. And let me, I'll tell you guys, um, I don't want Nicole Anthony to go home this week. But if she does, I'll get to call friends on Nicole again and it'll, everything will make my life will just be easier. So like I'm and not watching the feeds will be easier because yeah, they won't be doing that as well. Like, I don't I don't want her to go home. But if she does, I I have something to take home with me as a consolation prize. And I can appreciate that. Um, so silver linings. Yes. Franzel talks with Ian. And she says, uh, I, I, and this is a great conversation from friends. I mean, you know, say what you will, but uh, she's like, uh, so obviously we can trust Christmas. Um, yesterday I was talking to her and I put, I put the idea in her head um, and, and that worked out well. And Ian was like, Oh, thank you so much. Um, and um, she's like, uh, and I'm, I'm trying to pull you into things. Like I, like she continues to say that, like, I'm trying to get you involved. Um, and, uh, like watch, watch out for Janelle because she keeps trying to pair us up together, which is bad. Like we don't want that target. Um, and so Ian just kind of like lists off like, okay, um, you know, Christmas can be trusted. Uh, Janelle's trying to pair us together. Um, he's trying to pull me into things. Great. Awesome. Uh, and they hug and he leaves and she's just like, Oh, I just love him. <laughs> Yeah, this is such a cute conversation. Uh, the what is it? What are they called? The Millions Club or something the like million that? Club. Millions yes. Club, yes. And so Ian, so the previous night, um, when I was talking about Janelle and Nicole having their sort of like realization about the four person alliance um, that Kevin was kind of a part of, but then like wasn't because they started to exclude him in the middle of the conversation uh, because they were next to each other and he was on the other side of Nicole. Ian was still in the room as well. Sleeping. Um, and he actually was able to hear a lot of their conversation, um, not necessarily the details of it all the time, but he was hearing that they were like whispering the whole time. And so uh, he tells Franzel that he was awake and he was able to hear some of what they were saying. Um, and uh, I, thought, I thought that was pretty fun, too. 
This is one of those beautiful payoffs that you finally get like what 24 hours later or something like that. Cause I was like, did he hear? Cause you know, you like knew he was in there. It was like, is he asleep? Is he not asleep? What was he able to make out from this? And finally through this conversation, yes, indeed we get confirmation that he, he was awake. Yeah. It's well, here's the thing. This sort of theorizing happens constantly on the feeds. Like, uh, like, you know, just a few days ago, like, oh, did Ian hear Cody and Danny talking about Jan- Janelle mm-hmm. uh, or, um, you know, earlier today in the day we're talking about Danny was talking to Tyler and they were talking about their numbers. And she accidentally said, you know, five instead of six. Oh, and yeah. she was like, oh, why do I keep saying five? Um, she was like, Oh, and they, everyone like loves to freak out about these things. Like 99 percent of the time they don't go anywhere. Um, but in this case, he actually <laughs> was pretending to sleep. So it's, it's very fun when that happens. Yeah, exactly. The the one time it comes to fruition <laughs> and the fact that it took so long to pay off, too, because eventually you're like, oh, my gosh, he heard. And then throughout the course of the day, you're like, eh, I didn't say anything about it. I didn't say anything about it. Oh, it's probably not true. And then in this conversation, of course, that comes to light. Yeah. So day is going to talk with bay um and they uh they have a brief conversation in the storage room first where bailey is kind of just like we got to change the game plan um we can't be throwing competitions anymore like i'm gunning for this next one like uh call me aggressive if you want like i'm coming for people like we got to do something um and so then they later kind of talk a little bit more in uh in their sort of like the hallway bedroom comic room um it's not really a room though it's just part of the hallway i don't like that it's a room um but they're they're hanging out there and um again we miss a, a good portion of this conversation especially at the beginning but we can you can sort of hear the tail end of it where um bay bailey is telling davon uh like hey you know don't don't worry about it like uh you i'm choosing you over anyone else in this house and that includes janelle um and that uh like that basically she told she's telling uh, davon that like davon's her number one janelle is kind of her number two um and uh and you know so like it's clear that davon was asking bailey about this like you called janelle in the pregame thing and bailey admitted it and was like yes i'm working with janelle but uh you know it's it's for our benefit um and so you know don't don't worry about it like i'm always going to choose you over her um and they both seemed to be okay with that mm-hmm. yeah it really did seem like they were able to to patch things up especially at least from uh, davon's perspective of distrusting bay for at least maybe a short period of time worrying about her connection to janelle but it was just great to see bailey sort of recognize that oh like we need to do something. And I don't know if it's because she's connected to Janelle and Janelle's on the outs or she's able to sense this uh, this other power structure starting to form or recognizing that maybe she's not having that many game conversations. And so that's a reason why she feels like, okay, we need to take this into our own hands. We need to win HOH. We need to at least gather information. Even if it's not about making a big move, it's about realizing the structure of the house so that they can better work within that to get themselves further in the game. Yeah. And so, and so at the tail end of this conversation, Day says that like, like I wanted you to know that about Danny. I don't know what exactly. Um, Either like, don't trust her. She's talking crap about you and Janelle 
or like um like you should you should reassure danny that you're not working with janelle because we want danny to trust us like i don't know which one it was yeah no this was very much like piecing together an archaeological dig of some sort <laughs> of just trying to get these pieces being like okay wait so based on context of other conversations you know what might this mean especially because i do believe that bay and day uh do consider themselves you know the each other's number one Mm -hmm. and so thinking that they are speaking truthfully to one another in this conversation because that could provide just so much more insight into what they're thinking and then they talked about something that was very interesting in my opinion uh day says i've been watching i think cody might have played this safety to throw people off i'm worried he's trying to play Derek's game do what do you do and bay's like yeah she's trying but you know it's gonna blow up (laughs) And that was kind of the end of it because they get interrupted and they never get back to the conversation. But um, that was very curious to me. Day Day is looking at Cody and she's like, something, see, something's going on here. Um, but ba- Bailey seemed like she was like, I'm sure he's trying, but it'll blow up. Like, it seemed like she was kind of trying to be like, let's not do anything about it necessarily. But I don't know. Like, this conversation could go anywhere. It could go nowhere. They could never revisit it again. It could have just been a passing thought from Davon. But I thought it was interesting. Yeah, very interesting. And I think also it gave Davon, you know, a little bit of grief for some of her reads in the early part of the game. She's back. She's back, baby. (laughs) That was really nice to see. Like, Oh, yes. Oh, yes. This is what we're getting. And um, I hope it goes somewhere. Yeah. Um, So we also get some uh, some Tyler talk to the cameras. Um, Tyler um, is going to uh, to hang out in the photo room and just give us his thoughts on the game. He says, David's got to stay. Memphis, I've got to get out of here at some point. Janelle's got to go. I wanted to work with Janelle, too. That's lame. Danny's always scheming, but we can rock with this alliance for a little bit. It's not BB20 anymore. Uh, <laughs> and Tyler is also back. <laughs> like, it was just nice to to get into his head a little bit because you know, we haven't seen that much from him in the, the diary room sessions from the episodes. And so it was nice to get a download. Some, of course, of which we knew, especially his relationship with David. But some of these other little gems were just nice to be reassured uh, of how he's thinking. Yes. So he says Cody, David and Christmas are the people he's tightest with. Enzo, too, mm-hmm. trying to work on Bay. He doesn't know if she'll ever trust him, though. Um, but. At least they're friends now. Uh, he loves Davon, loves Nicole Anthony, wants both her and David to stay. Um, he did throw the veto last week. Uh, he <clears throat> he thinks, I think I can make it pretty far. Feeling pretty good. If not, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> He'll just get to go back to Angela's vegan cooking a yeah. little bit sooner. Um, he's, he says that all. I mean, he's 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 like talking to Angela throughout this. I'm yeah. cutting those portions out. Um, he uh, he has a plan to get Memphis out of here and cover the rest of the alliance when the time comes. Like uh, like I said, like he Tyler is on a quest for revenge against Memphis and uh, like uh, the Red Wedding is coming for him (laughs) and Tyler is going to send his regards. He is plotting. (laughs) He's ready to go after him. I think it's fabulous. You know, we talked about maybe a sleepy first week of feeds, but we're starting to see things fall apart. We're starting to see more distrust and uh, whatever Tyler has up his sleeve for Memphis. I'm looking forward to it. 
Yeah, and it's and it's like it's frustrating too to hear that he really wanted to work with Janelle because yeah. I think I I got that vibe. He was talking to Kaser and Janelle a decent amount in the in the first week, um, but they they just think he's like super like they didn't try with him because um, they just assumed that he was not with them, um, and so they didn't make an attempt. Uh, and I I feel like that could have been that could have been a, a game changer. That could have been an entirely different season if. If Kaser and Janelle, instead of going, Tyler's way too dangerous, we need to get him out, he's he's the power structure, uh, if they instead w- went to Tyler with any of this, like, uh, like, hey, we want to work with you, we're worried about Cody, even if they said we're worried about Cody, Tyler wouldn't have minded, Tyler's mm-hmm. not going to run that to Cody necessarily, Tyler's going to be like, cool, uh, you're with me, uh, I've got more <laughs> weapons, um, like, uh, and then we could have seen a whole different, especially because that was before Tyler and Cody had, like, bonded more, um, they were still kind of, like, uh, hovering around each other at that point, so, mm-hmm. man, what what could have been? <laughs> Get out your fan fiction, uh, ladies and gents, <laughs> write that up, although it is kind of funny, because isn't that the re- the relationship that, like, Kevin and Nicole Anthony, like, are happening right don't they think that tyler is close with these and janelle so <laughs> they did i don't know if they still do that's true um so he also talks about and this was interesting as well uh he's concerned about christmas saving ian um in particular because he sees that that was probably franzel's move and he's wondering if franzel is trying to pull christmas in which she is and he says okay need to talk to to Christmas tomorrow to make sure that she's not being convinced of things. Uh, so basically Tyler wants to un unfranzle mist uh, Christmas tomorrow, which is very interesting. We're going to maybe see a little bit of a tug of war for like who can control Christmas's reigns. Um, and uh it's interesting. It's interesting. He he also says that uh, the first few days here, he was really, really, really struggling, wanting to leave, missing Angela. I, I was talking to Ovi on my Twitch stream last night. Um, he gave some insight into Tyler's uh, pregame and sort of like uh, he also was you know in touch with Tyler in the process. And uh, Tyler really didn't want to play for a long time. He had to be convinced. Um, and so it doesn't, it's not super surprising that we saw him come in and he was so passive. And it's what I was criticizing. And, um, that he really was struggling and he wanted to go home. Um, but now his head's in the game and, uh, we're going to see where it goes. And that is what you want to see, uh, because he is going to be a force to be reckoned with. You know, there's a reason why he was my winner pick, uh, back in his first season. There's a reason why he may be my winner pick this season, uh, is because he has just, uh, such a great grasp on the game. And the fact that he was able to see that it was Nicole Franzel was really fantastic. Whereas Memphis and Enzo are like, Ian's so smart, you know, yeah, like it's definitely Ian. Whereas Tyler was able to see that connection. Yeah. All right. Anything else that you wanted to bring up? I think that's everything for a uh, a very busy day. And, you know, we've got veto today. We'll see what happens with that. If one of these backdoor plans is really pushed, uh, depending on who wins the veto competition. But Memphis is certainly not having it. Although if he's forced to use the veto, you know, then I think uh, we could have a really interesting day. It's there are a lot of different scenarios that can play out from this point. Um, Nicole or David could just flat out win themselves and take themselves off. And then who does Memphis put up as a replacement? I 
there's not a lot of options. Um, it could be Kevin. Ke- yeah. It Kevin. could be Davon. Um, and Davon's worried about that. Um, and uh, like it could be a, some of those people or it could be that the, you know, Cody and Tyler and them like do convince him to throw up Janelle or Kaser. Um, that would be a terrible move for Memphis. Um, but I, look, I don't know at this point. Um, I don't think he will, but like it's possible. Um, or we could see another interesting scenario if somebody like Tyler or Cody uh, win. Make Tyler would want to use it on David. Memphis would probably not want Tyler to use it on David. Um, and that could cause some tension just right away. Um, and you might see that like, uh, you know, Memphis is like, if you use it on David, then I'm going to put up somebody you don't want me to put up. Like, who knows where it could go? So lots of different options, lots of different interesting potential things. What I am rooting for is if Janelle wins and takes off Nicole Anthony because that is a situation I think would be very fascinating. I mean, that would be very dangerous for like Davon or Bailey, I think. Um, Because if Davon, what could be interesting is that if Davon or Bailey goes up, we'd probably see Tyler want to keep David, Mm -hmm. Cody want to keep Davon or Bailey. And we might see a very quick split there, but they'd probably push Memphis hard not to do that. But he might not even tell them he's going to do it before he does it. So exactly. Anything can happen here. (laughs) Anything could happen. Or we, you know, Memphis wins veto and then nothing changes. Yeah. (laughs) And he could also do, of course, Kevin, which would be very easy for everyone and that would be probably the smartest play in his on his part and in fact it would be you know to kevin should have been his target to begin with because kevin is always you know kevin's very anti-memphis but we'll see we will see thank you so much for joining us today you can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Taryn Armstrong, if you're interested in watching the stream from last night where I, uh, Ovi jumped on a couple hours in. Um, so you can uh, search for that part if you want. Um, and uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Armstrong Taryn Liana. What are you up to? Uh, well, first, you can find me on Twitter at Liana R-H-A-P. I am podcasting about Big Brother on the BNB. Mike and I got together to talk with uh, Maggie from the class of 2020 about this first week. We're also doing our Survivor rewatch as part of the Survivor BNB. And uh, Canada's Drag Race is also in full swing. And so we are doing that with now video podcasts over on the YouTube page. So if you want to check out all of the looks, that's something that you can do. And I highly suggest it. All right. Thank you once again for joining us today. I will be back later tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern for the Legacy Watch Roundtable. You can find the survey for it uh, up on Twitter. I will post it after this podcast ends. Um, again, at Armstrong Taron, if you want to fill out the Legacy Watch. How has the game so far impacted the legacy of the players? Um, very interesting to know. Uh, very curious to talk about it. We'll also talk about like who's doing better than their first season, who's doing worse than their first season, stuff like that, as well as recapping everything that's been going on this week uh, in general. So check that out. And then, of course, tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. Eastern, I'll be back to update you on everything that happens today on the Big Brother 22 live feeds. Thanks again. We'll see you next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.